The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that thought echolocation was what we had to do to clean up the podcast audio and post, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo. I'm your host, uh, Aaron Dicer, and he faces a choice to hunt and consume movies or die. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. It's a little morbidious. Ahoy! <laughs> Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. She shot a brilliant movie called Tiles of Love while working at Home Depot. It's Alice, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> G'day, g'day, g'day. We actually don't have Home Depots here. <laughs> no, you um, don't. What are they called there? What are your big department, your big like uh, home supply hardware. stores called? They're called Bunnings Warehouse, and oh. they're the best place to get a snag, so a sausage and bread barbecue. They have barbecues oh. there all the time, and it's the best place to did go you, what did you call? What did you call it? Snag? Yeah, snag. You know, snag mm. on the barbie. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yes, we know. We do snag on the Barbie all the time on the here. Barbie here. Yeah, yeah, of course. We do a snag on the yeah. Barbie. For your uh, reference, there are no shrimp on the Barbie. We don't call them shrimp, and they don't go on the Barbie. So <laughs> Wait, you don't grill just shrimp? Just an FYI. You don't barbecue shrimp? No, it's you prawn. You don't barbecue it's, shrimp? It's pro- I mean, we do, but it's not like uh, prawn you're going to find sausages. Yeah, like it's not. It's a specialty thing, mm, you know, mm. but it's a prawn. It's not Thanks, a shrimp. Thanks, Jim Carrey. Thanks, Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, then. Uh, she made a brilliant movie called Tiles of Love while working at Bunnings. Uh, it's Alice. Yes. So there you go. Thank you. Uh, 
Um, that sounds a lot, you know, friendlier than Home Depot. <laughs> I want to yeah. go, go to Bunnings. Well, if you great. ever come down, Andrew, I'll take you to a Bunnings. Yay! You know, don't worry about the Opera House or all the stuff <laughs> right, people know about. Right. Yes. Take you to Bunnings. I mean, half of my life is spent in a hardware store anyway, so it's, you know, I'd be at home. <laughs> Uh, I do want to mention a couple things right off the bat. Number one, thanks for those who are watching live. Um, yeah. This is 7 a.m. where we're at. And, of course, for Alice, it is in the evening, uh, late in the evening, uh, after 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. And yet we've still got a bunch of people hanging out with us. So thanks for getting up with us on a uh, Saturday morning live uh, to watch. We really do appreciate that. Second is, uh, if you want further opinions from us on the Oscar Awards, uh, two things you can do. Number one, if you haven't watched the live show, you can go back and watch that. You can fast forward to the parts you want to see. There may be certain specific parts of what happened that you're wondering how we reacted to live. Uh, the two-hour, 49-minute mark. Yes. Uh, Andrew knows exactly where it is. Yeah, uh, I had to timestamp it. And number two, we have some post-mortem thoughts for our Sif Pop members. Now is a great time to become a Sif Pop member uh, at Patreon. We really appreciate you for even thinking about that. Go check it out at patreon.com slash Pop. Um, and, but, uh, the three of us, uh, kind of recorded a little bit of postmortem. Yes. We talked about the slap a little bit more, but we also Isn't wanted post-mortem to like dead. What's that? <laughs> yes. It... Yes. Okay. Well, like, you know, Will there Smith's is an career. argument. There is an yeah. argument to be made. Someone's there, career. There yeah. is an argument to be made. Which is a joke. It's not. Um, but yes, you can go check that out. If you are a Sif Pop member, uh, should be available for you very, very soon. Well, we've got a lot to get to you guys. Uh, we are going to talk about, Two movies, uh, Morbius in the Bubble, and then we've got a Best Ever Challenge uh, featuring movies that uh, had a Doctor Who in them, uh, an actor who played Doctor Who. Uh, so that'll be a <laughs> My fun goodness. Uh, best, best Ever Challenge. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I went a little, uh, you know, loose with the Doctor. Oh, uh, I didn't, no, I didn't. Andrew. Andrew, when there's I, so when many I, movies. When I say that, I... Um, they all technically played the doctor. Okay, all right, that's uh, fine. But I'm not like it's not just you know. No, I'm with you. Tennant, I've got one. Smith. Oh, no, I've and, got I've got one that's not like the canon doctors that you know. But he definitely played the doctor. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you as long as they actually played the doctor. Uh, that's yeah. that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, they may have played him once. But they played the <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into it, guys. Let's start with a review of Morbius. Dr. Michael Morbius, you've been missing for two months. When you're a stranger, then you were found on a container ship that washed up off Long Island. Faces look ugly when you're alone. What did you do to yourself, Doctor? I wish I knew. Dangerously ill with a rare blood disorder and determined to save others suffering his same fate, Dr. Michael Morbius attempts a desperate gamble. What at first appears to be a radical success soon reveals itself to be a remedy potentially worse than the disease. Uh, This is in the Sony Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Although I'm not, you know, not sure. Anyways, we will get there. Uh, so what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Jared Leto as Morbius, Matt Smith is who is why we're doing the the Doctor Who uh, category yes. uh, in here as well as his buddy and several others. Uh, what did you think of Morbius, uh, Andrew? You go first. 
I'm going to go with okay, close to didn't like it. but Okay, low okay. side of okay. Low side of yeah, okay, side for, of okay. Uh, for Andrew. Alice, what about you? I think I hated it. <laughs> I yeah. and the reason for that is because I had a good time watching it, but not yeah. because it was a good movie. <laughs> like because I was watching it with someone who I could make fun of it with, as mm-hmm. did uh. the entire cinema I was in. So hated it. Quit. Maybe strong didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, you're gonna start us off because uh, this is a. T- terrible movie um i i'm not i'm not gonna go with hated it because there is something about it that is like so bad it's good kind of stuff that the whether it's intentional or unintentional i don't know but it's enough that i like okay fine strong dislike it uh but um but yeah this i think this is a really bad movie yeah uh andrew tell us some good stuff Uh, what puts you in the okay camp Here's okay. Here's why I'm in the okay camp, because going into this, I tr- I try my best not to you know hear any reviews or anything before I actually see the movie. Mm-hmm. But this one was actually for some reason kind of difficult. Everybody and their mother was saying that this is the worst movie ever. Mm-hmm. Like it's horrible. So I went in with the lowest expectations, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the worst movie ever. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> um, but so I, th- I think just going in, I'm like, you know what? I it's it's not good, but it's still meh. Mm-hmm. It's a meh movie. I've seen worse. I've definitely seen worse superhero movies. You yeah. know? Okay. So I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm sure there have oh. been. Oh yeah, <laughs> X Men Three, uh, Wolver- Wolverine Phoenix. Origin. Mm. Yeah. Mm, yeah, maybe I could, I could list a few. Uh, yeah, <laughs> could okay, you? but okay. So yeah, there's a lot in this movie that you could go just. Oh, this is horrible, and we will. But yeah, and you will for sure. <laughs> but I'm not gonna lie. For I'd say seventy percent of the movie, I was engaged. You know, I mean, yeah, I wasn't I rolling my eyes through the word. entire thing. Yes, I was rolling my eyes, but not through the entire thing. Well, you know, seventy percent of this movie is like twenty-five minutes because uh, this, yeah. this movie is so short. Thankfully, now, I will say this: the post-credit scenes are atrociously oh, bad. Oh my god, terrible! So bad. What are you they know doing? what? The entire the ending and the post-credit scenes were the worst, and then they got worse the more I thought about it. I just, yeah, like, they like, don't make sense. They don't make sense. <sighs> I, listen, I, I, the, my very first words after this movie was, uh, were Sony just doesn't get it. They don't mm-hmm. understand what makes it work. They think what makes it work is just that they live in the same universe and bring that to the front. That's not what makes it work. What makes it work is you fully develop characters and then you let those characters play together. And Sony, you know, they just don't know how to develop these characters. Uh, it's... You, yeah, you know what, it was rough. What, what Sony also doesn't know how to do um, have a plot and, and a story that's what I'm saying. that has a yes. react structure. Like it just kind of has a first. Venom Carnage were good. <laughs> well, no, I was... but I'm talking about this movie specifically. Like yeah. it feels okay. like it's all first act, and then we and then it just all of a sudden it's like you know climax end, and I'm just like, 
It's wild, man. What? It is wild how what this movie does. I, I don't even understand it. We we obviously Alice and I are itching to to get into negatives, but Andrew, <laughs> hey, you save, do it. No, save us. Tell us tell us uh, something you liked about this movie. Come I on, have Andrew, one. Be positive. I can have one thing if you don't. If you can't think of something right off the bat, Jared Leto wasn't as annoying as that- I thought he could be. He he was the best part of the movie? Question mark. But he was like, so yeah. he was so Melba toast. Like he was so nothing. Like it was <laughs> okay. Like, here's the thing. Here's what I've noticed about Jared Leto over like the past four years. Ever since he won that Oscar for Dallas mm-hmm. Buyers Club, he mm-hmm. has somehow got it in his head that in order to be a good actor, you have to be out there. You have to be mm-hmm. extra. Mm-hmm. You know. Method. Yeah, you know, like if you look at what was that atrociously bad Denzel Washington Rami Malek movie that he did. Uh, Pretty Little Things? Yeah. I mean, his performance in that movie is just so cringeworthy because he has it in his head that if you are in a movie, you have to go for it every single time. And I think he kind of was subdued a little bit. Also, you have to think about this movie was in production hell for so long, mm-hmm. and you know so so often when a movie is in that state that they come out, you know, not as good as they could have because, <laughs> the, you know, the tempo with the pacing of making the movie is off. So I, I always try to give movies a little bit of credit whenever they come out of that type of, you know, production. Like, okay, yeah, it's not going to be good, but how did they try and salvage it? Yeah. And like I'm not trying to say this movie's good, guys. No, 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 it's no, not. no, no. I know, I know, I know. It's I'm, I'm on low the same side page. of okay, close to didn't like it. Yeah, like I'm on the same page with Jared Leto. I'm actually not like a Jared Leto hater. I know that there's this huge following for that, no. but I've, in fact, I actually went into this movie wanting to like it because everybody seems so intent on hating it. I wanted it to prove me everyone wrong. I'm, I'm always, yeah. you know, like, come on, be the underdog. I believe in you. Trailers don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, I, I, I like Jared Leto. I really, I mean, when he's in the right, Role. Like, for example, I'm watching We Crashed right now on Apple TV+, and he's fantastic in that. Him and Anne Hathaway are amazing. And so he can do it. It's just I don't know why he did this. You know, it's just that there's questions. And to be honest, it's not just him. Why did Jared Harris sign on for this? Does he not read scripts? The man just did Chernobyl. Like, what? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people say, ooh, Marvel. Mm-hmm. Money? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not real Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, but some people could have thought it was, you know? Mm. I mean, with as much as Sony is trying to get into the... Are they trying to... You know, I'm not even going to start that conversation <laughs> whether they're trying to get into the MCU or not. I know what I they're trying, trying to do. I think they're trying to create something that's as successful as the MCU yeah. because I think they want to prove that they can. It's clear what they're trying to do. I mean, they basically <laughs> just wrote it, their statement on the page and had it read in the post credit yeah. scene. Like, it's just like... So, here's the thing. They're doing exactly what Warner Brothers was doing with DC, mm-hmm. and they're not listening to what the people want. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers was so adamant about, you know... No, we're moving on from the Snyderverse. And, you know, a lot of people are like, no, the Snyderverse after the Snyder Cut was released works. It's good. Yeah, you can have side projects like the Batman and Joker, and they're obviously phenomenal, Aaron. They're good. (laughs) 
They're sure. really good. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Power of the dog's um, bad, but uh, Joker's good. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, On, with with you with the Batman. Joker has come down since I've lost it. Since I've seen it, like, <laughs> but regardless, Sony's in the same boat. They're like, nobody in the world is going. I really want a Sinister Six movie. Nobody's saying that, and Sony's like, oh, oh, we're gonna make a Sinister Six movie, and it's gonna be good. And everybody's like, no. Every single person that you've introduced that could be in the Sinister Six has not worked. Why do you keep digging this hole that you're in and like trying to make it work? You know, like if we just get enough people, yeah, three of them so far haven't been good. But you know what? <laughs> it's we'll it really that. is it really is a case of when somebody tells you who they are, trust them. And Sony let us know who they were with trying to make comic book movies, you know, a long time ago, and we should just trust it. They don't understand how to make them compelling. They don't understand what makes them interesting. Um so mm-hmm. uh yeah, I it's it's terrible Funny stuff. Enough, and people bring up Spider-Verse. Does. Well, p- people bring up Spider-Verse. It's like, oh, that's a Sony. That's a f- that's a Christopher Miller and Phil Lord project. That is, mm-hmm. that is not Sony. Like, I just feel like everyone's using that as a, they can, they can, if you give them the right sort well, of, you know, it's, thing. it's fair to say no. it's, it's a point I've brought up before and I'll bring it mm. up again. It's, it's not as if Disney is the one that's making the MCU amazing. It's Kevin Feige. Mm. Like, there mm-hmm. is a shepherd. Yeah. There is somebody at the center who's going, I'm in control of the pieces. I understand what makes these characters interesting. I know how we can lead to something big because I understand it all. And I have a little bit of control on all of these movies. I can make decisions and talk with the filmmakers and make sure we're getting stuff in there that that we need to get. And these other, you know, DC or, in this case, the Sony Marvelverse, who's their MCU? shepherd? Who's that person that's like, yeah. I've got a vision, and I'm going to see this vision through. And I just think it, it speaks to the fact that that, that secondary, um, because they're not a director, but there's there almost needs, you know, if, if multiverses are going to become something that, that movie companies want to do, and I get it because there is something powerful about building a story like that. Then you need to have a shepherd. You need to make that an yeah. actual position yep. for whatever multiverse you're trying to put together. Find your shepherd for that multiverse. They're kind of like the director of you know mm-hmm. what goes on there. It's just the it's just it has to be the new normal if you're going to make it yeah. work because when there yeah. is no cohesive yeah. vision, it just falls apart. Um, yeah. So yeah, head of cinematic creative, cinematic sure. universe creative. There yeah. you go. There's yeah. a role if you want that. Make yeah. that yeah. person totally. Yeah, Kevin Feige, Peter Jackson, mm-hmm. George yes, Lucas. Yes. All these people were shepherds for their specific, you know, product. And that's why they worked is because there was a singular person with a singular vision. Mm-hmm. And tonally it helps everything flow. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, exactly. Cause you need to bring it back. Cause it's like it's great to get auteurs or people with very you know their own styles and we've seen that work where you can kind of bring in your own style like if you're going with the mcu with taika watiti and even chloe zhao to a certain point like that was a completely different tone and kevin feige allowed her that flexibility but ultimately 
it still served the universe as a whole. Like, you know, Ragnarok and I'm sure Love and Thunder, they're going to serve the universe as a whole and then they can yeah. bring their elements into it. And that's what's important. It's like, yes, express yourself, but if you want to be part of this, it's to a point and you also have to make sure you include this, this and this. Mm-hmm. Like John Watts has understood that and that's why he's doing the Fantastic Four movie because he's done the, the three Spider-Man movies and now he's going to do Fantastic Four because he's understood that and he's playing ball and he's un- and he's going under Kevin Feige's vision where Sony and he could have pushed back because he's got the Sony umbrella but I think he understood that and I think that that's just needed because it's exactly why the new speaking of Star Wars it's why the new se- the sequel trilogy didn't work because there was no yeah. shepherd there was no singular vision and so it was the most disjointed tonal affair where it was just like movie number one then movie number two kind of retconning movie number one and setting up a whole new storyline and then movie number three spending most of it just retconning everything that happened in the last movie and then having 20 minutes for actual new story mm-hmm. and that's kind of what's happened here like it's just uh i really didn't want it to be a mess because ever the trailer didn't look good but oh goodness it was just a mess yeah um speaking of a mess was let's talk about those visual effects (laughs) i wanted to go into the visual effects because it was such a weird experience for me there were moments where i was like oh that looks kind of cool there were moments there were moments where i was like oh that's an interesting decision but here's the problem the third act the move well the third act is the pro is a problem the main problem that I saw is the movie thinks that they're so good that it's going to display yeah. them on full display for the entire film. Like it is, it is so yeah. invested in its effects. It's like, look at this scene and look at what he's doing here. And like, it's like they're not that good, Sony. Like, yeah. uh, what, like, what are we doing here? Um, uh, yeah, it reminded when I, the I, when the echolocation effect first shows up, mm-hmm. I was like. Huh, that's kind of cool. Like I literally was like, huh, that's kind of cool. Even though it makes sure no like, more times. <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, uh, is that just how we're watching the entire movie now? All right, I guess. Yeah. All right. Ec- echolocation so. is not <laughs> advanced hearing. That's not all it is. That is not no, no, all he had was super is- hearing. That's all he had. <laughs> What is that? Echolocation hear- is, oh, I want to hear anything anywhere in this entire city. And now I can't. It's like echolocation <laughs> is because bats can't see with their eyes very well. So they send out little pings so they can tell where stuff is. Uh, anyways, um, so, and yes, bats <laughs> do have advanced hearing because of that. But anyhow, I just that was one of those things. But no. I'll tell the- you the part of the movie I hated. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that's fine. Go ahead. The, mov- the part of the movie I hated the most was the Tyrese Gibson story arc. What storyline? It's nothing like, there. Yeah. That's not a storyline. That's just yeah. characters who walked onto set. I don't even know. I mean, know. He, it's so un... It, it has no effect on the story. None! Whatsoever. Because he... Less than. Okay, A, he is like physically, it, mentally, he's nowhere near on the same level as Morbius, right? Right. So mm-hmm. he can have no effect on the story arc other than to fill time yeah 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 no in the movie is is full of that kind of nonsense the, the movie is is just full of decisions that have no impact on anything that's going on this this movie is short so little character development the finale is just like wait what just happened i think the movie the movie's idea of a story turn is something that 
every person who started watching the movie knew was going to happen. Like it's oh, oh yeah, it's literally in the first like, who act, oh. no, first scene or first three or four scenes. I turned and I was like, "This is exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> We're going to be ex- friends forever." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, this yeah, is a good. Yeah. This is why a good, won't you give me the cure? This is mm. this is a good mm. good point for me to say this. I think and uh, give a little bit of ammunition to somebody who liked this movie. Um, <laughs> I, due to ticket circumstances, whatever the case may be, I missed, I think, probably the first 10 minutes of this movie. Um, so I I don't know what happened in those first 10 to 15 mo- minutes. I don't get the sense that it matters much <laughs> because yeah. it was all it's right them there. As kids. That's what I assumed. I assumed it was yeah. just them, you know, getting, you know. It's, yeah, it's him getting bats and then it's them as kids. Like, okay. that's, yeah. yeah. It, there's nothing. Nothing okay. happens. <laughs> uh, that's what I assumed. But I did want to be honest about that uh, yeah. and, up, and up front about that because there was a portion of this movie that I missed. It was the first probably yeah. 10 minutes uh, of well, the movie. I didn't miss any of it and it was exactly <laughs> yeah. the same. So, no, no, uh, there, was, there was definitely that. And also, old... I just, oh, yeah. No, no go ahead. Um, no, I was, I was just, that, that whole. The way in which the story is told and the way in which the story is presented felt like I was watching a movie from 2003. That's all I could think about was like, this is, I feel like I've time traveled and I'm in a cinema and it's 2003 and I'm going to walk outside and there's going to be a poster for the Ben Affleck Daredevil. Like, that's literally what it felt like, (laughs) was watching that movie. Mm -hmm. And... It never <laughs> changed that opinion that entire time. So that's a perfect way I can describe it. You know, yeah. it's interesting you say that. I think in 2003, this movie would have killed. But I think yeah. we've been spoiled by how amazing superhero movies have been over like the past eight, ten years, you know. Yeah. 2003, mm-hmm. this would have been like, how did, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. Because you're comparing it to Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Or you're comparing it to... the Hulk. Ang Lee's the Hulk, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was starting to say, I'm, you know, as I'm desperately trying to find nice things to say about this movie, because you know we try to do that. And look, we've said it once, we'll say it again. It's hard to make a movie. It is really hard to make a movie. And, um, you know, respect to all the craftspeople and all the people involved in trying to get something done. I don't think, I never think there are people going, let's make a terrible movie. I just don't think that's, at the very worst, there are people like, I kind of give up. Maybe, you know, that, that that happens. But for the most part... Everybody's trying to do something amazing and putting a lot of work into it. And I always want to say that. So I do try to look for the good. Um, As I try to search for the good in this, I tried to be, okay, what is this movie trying to say? Does it actually say anything coherent? It doesn't. (laughs) But it, it makes an effort at some sort of sibling rivalry theme. Like there's, it make it's trying to make some sort of effort at like, what it means to have, you know, a a relationship with someone that is like a you know brother and to have to deal with what happens when you fall apart. The problem is we've seen that done a billion times in a billion better ways. And the fact that it makes no effort to put any kind of depth to that, any kind of nuance on that is just is just why this movie is it's just it's bad on every level. Uh, it's, Don't get it's me terrible. started on the the one female character and romantic subplot because oh, that Alice. was no. Have, get started. Go 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 go. Wind wind as, up. Let's go. Oh my god! Like I just that. If you ever want to see something being forced into something that does not work, watch this romantic subplot and the female character Doctor Bancroft, who's literally there just to 
push like she's basically just there to be fridged that's her entire mm-hmm. purpose in the entire mm-hmm. movie and it's so frustrating because they also really really ham fist this whole sexism thing at mm-hmm. the beginning so that you don't feel bad when ultimately these you know these thugs like something bad might happen to them or whatever oh, yeah. they're because they're bad and they're sexist, and I'm just I'm gonna there, go like, downstairs and demean everybody. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna hold exactly. my gun and demean people. Yeah, but her entire purpose in the film is not to have purpose. Because if you take her and her entire like presence out of the movie, no change. You know what the change is? It's a shorter well, movie. I get out of the cinema faster. That's the change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. That was just insulting. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, that. I thought the same thing. And it, it, they're actually both the uh, that the there's a moment with Dr. her Bancroft. and there's a moment with Harris uh, that mm. I think we're supposed to re- supposed to really hit us. And <laughs> it's sh- like so. Eh, who cares? Both times because yeah. the movie hasn't the movie hasn't done any work. Has done no work uh, to get us to that yeah. place. Um, and then and Jared Harris is just a good actor, so you're upset whenever he's not on se- on on the screen anymore. I'm just upset like, that he's oh. in this movie. I'm like, come on, man. And then there's a yeah. three, so much better. Then then there's like a three second moment with her uh, towards the end. Oh yeah, that's oh, just like, oh my god, do not. Who cares? And like, so what? We kind of knew probably maybe you were going to do that, but why do you just like this? It's just like this movie doesn't understand how to use its characters like you know why do i care that this is happening why am i invested in it why does it matter to me and the answer is it doesn't you haven't done anything to make any of this matter to me um so Mm -hmm. yeah it's that's rough it's rough i think i think i'll just end this with don't pay for this movie wait for it to come to streaming if you really want to see it get your best friend over Get yourself some, you know, alcohol, your favorite kind of alcohol. Get some pop- popcorn. That is the best way to watch this movie after you've downed some of that alcohol. <laughs> because <laughs> Douse the popcorn will... in the alcohol. Yeah, yeah. yeah I totally, un- totally yeah. understand. That'll be the best way to experience it if you're a completionist and you're like, well, I have to watch it because I have to complete the Marvel. Mm-hmm. That Don't pay for it, guys. Just no, you'll be it. fine. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I will also say we're not going to be spoiling this. So if there is anything spoiler wise that you want to tiptoe around to say, whether it be the end credit scenes or whatever, I just I honestly don't feel like talking about this movie anymore. There's not a lot more to to say. Um, but uh, but yeah, go for it. All now. I'll say is that there are so many regarding the ending. There are so many threads that are literally, they're just moments, just story moments that you never get to see happen. They're just set up. Let's, I'll say there's something around a coma. No, no idea what happens there. Mm -hmm. There's something around, yeah, the, I'll say in the investigative element of the movie. Don't know what happens there. Just in general. And then we just have the after credit scene and you're just like, wait, how did, how did he get from point this, the end of the film to, to this? I thought mm-hmm. that what happened to say, let's say the, the second solution, right? There was that moment of tension. Guess yeah. didn't end up happening. I, I don't know. I just, it, it's like the film was like, eh, too hard. Yeah. <laughs> Credits. <Yeah. laughs> that's, just the, that's just what the film did. Like it just, it was so... I, I literally, and it was something I just kept thinking about. I was like, wait, what about this? Wait, what about this? Wait, what about this? And I was just like, oh, wait, what about the entire film didn't have an ending? Mm-hmm. And then do not, again, the <laughs> climax, the way what in which, the let's say. What if the entire film didn't have a beginning, middle, the, and end? Yeah. <laughs> and I saved myself like, two hours. 
the way in which the battle uh, ends, the big battle at the end ends, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Because how did that, def- like, you know, mm-hmm. end up, let's say, yeah. defeating physics? That? <sighs> yeah, like- he's been he's been throwing things that are like fifteen tons around, yet <laughs> something that weighs less than yeah. a pound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And theoretically, yeah. he should be able to control. Like, yeah. Anyway, so no thought. I don't, I don't even think. Did anyone proofread this script like, <laughs> <laughs> like a single Andrew, time? Uh, what about you? Any final thoughts? Like, like we said earlier, there are two post credit scenes, but for the love of God, you don't have to stick around and watch that. In this, the I mean, they might as well. I, this might be a little spoilery. Forgive me if if it is, or just fast forward for fifteen seconds. Um, but it, they might. I don't want to do. I don't want to do a spoiler because I don't want to do a spoiler on this. Uh, they yeah. they might as well have had the post credit scene be a Sony executive saying, "Hey, we're doing a Sinister Six movie," and that was the post credit no, scene. That's, that's all it is. That's all it is and it's just like ah, it's it's so frustrating um yeah i'll say that um for your reference uh aaron and um let's say that the trailer is and the after credit scenes are related yeah wait that stuff's in the trailer because that stuff isn't even in the movie i know they it was supposed to be in the movie guys but then during that whole but during the whole production hell sort of thing that they were going through a lot of it had to be scrapped so they ended up I, just putting some of those scenes in the post credit scene. I every time, every time <laughs> I think I've come to my limit with understanding how terrible trailers <laughs> can be, somebody comes along and makes a worse trailer. Like, how is that? St- okay, so that stuff was supposed to be in the movie. Well, I mean, maybe that explains how terrible the movie is and how terrible the movie feels if they had to cut out entire chunks. Um, wow, wow. Okay, I have to process that. Um, I, I, I will say while I'm, uh, getting ready to process that my, my one last thing is, uh, and I think this was my letterbox review as well, but this movie to me feels like a, an extended cutscene from a video game, uh, where you never actually get to play the video game. This is like the intro cutscene for a video game that you never get to play. <laughs> Um, and then the credits roll after the, and the intro. Credits, yeah, and you're like, yeah. I'm it's standing like you here with a controller the in my hand. Like, what is going on? How's the game over? Um, it's like you accidentally hit the skip button, but there's no way to go back. And you're like, no, no, yeah. no, no, wait. Yeah. So anyways, that's what it was for me. All right, that's enough of Morbius. Uh, just a little Morbius, Morbius nah. from uh, nah. Sony. Uh, thanks in the chat for that joke. That was good. Uh, all right, let's move on to the bubble. Now that was a great take. Welcome to the start of production of Cliff Beast 6. Thank you for joining us in our bubble. Please make sure you're wearing proper PPE. Physical touch is, of course, off the table. (laughs) So I would recommend making sweet eyes at each other. I'll show you what that looks like. (laughs) This is so exciting. It's like my movie posters have come to life. You will soon learn to hate these people. Sneaking out, hooking up, melting down the cast and crew of a blockbuster action franchise attempt to shoot a sequel while quarantining at a posh hotel. Uh, This movie stars everybody and uh, comes to us from Judd Apatow uh, and is somehow not uh, two and a half hours long. Uh, so what did you guys think about, uh, this movie, uh, the bubble? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay. Alice, you get to start this time. 
I really didn't like it, almost hated it, but okay. I don't know if I've got enough passion in me to hate it. <laughs> uh, I'll go Aaron. next. Yeah, I'll go next. Um, I'm going to go with low side of okay. Really, really want to say didn't like, but I laughed too much, I think, to to land in the didn't like category. And for a comedy, that's, you know, that's what it's trying to do is make you laugh. So uh, mission accomplished a couple times for me. So I'm going to go with low side of just okay. Uh, Andrew, where you at? Well, I'm not going to say that I hated this movie. I'm going to use a speakerphone to tell you. <laughs> I hated this movie. <laughs> Very nicely done. Um, yeah, so I think maybe it sounds like I liked it the best. Yeah. Um, so I guess I get to go first and talk about how amazing this movie is, uh, how incredible this terrible movie is. Um, I, I think why I laughed is because everybody here is game. I think if I had to settle, settle down on one reason I didn't hate this, one reason I didn't think this was the worst movie ever, it's because everybody is there not only to have fun, but to like just to really go for it. And they really go for it. Like this movie is in insane like the the choices it's making the the things that it's doing with its characters um there are just there are things where you know people were sitting in a room going what's the most ridiculous dumb uh thing that we can do that's you know never been done or or whatever and let's do it and because of that there are just moments where i'm like that's funny and i'm laughing and it also might be the fact that my wife and I watched it together and we love watching comedies together and, you know, and it's kind of that thing you were talking about, Alice, too, with when you watch a movie with somebody you can kind of make fun of it with, too, that there's that extra level of of fun to it. Um, I get the sense with this movie that as terrible as it really is, and I do think on an objective level, if you can say that, this movie is terrible, um, that people might come back to it. There are enough like scenes in moments that, that might be a, a cult following that, that enjoys this movie. So, yeah, I don't know. Kind of like I, The Room? Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Possibly more on that uh, more on that spectrum. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Alice, give us some thoughts. I think this entire movie was a ripoff of Tropic Thunder. Am I wrong? Yes, 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 it is. But it <laughs> it's does everything the way worse than Tropic Thunder did. Yeah, it, it's literally the same premise, and it really hits that home towards the end of the film, where I was like, wait a minute, this is, this is just Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into that, because I know we like to start on the positives, I thought the first TikTok dance scene was f- funny. I mm-hmm. like the first one. I thought the premise was, I like the concept was really interesting. And I think they could have really done something with that. Did they? No. Um, and then I thought the guy who played the health officer, he was funny. I enjoyed him. The like, skinny whenever. British guy? The skinny British Harry, guy. Was I the, wanted like, to mention him. Uh, yeah. Harry Trevaldwin, I believe is his name. And put Gunther in everything. Uh, yeah. I thought he's... His whole eye flirting moment, I was the only time I dying. Left, whole movie. The eye flirting moment. Yeah, <laughs> that was a really good bit. I'm just like, oh, oh. yeah. 
he, he had <laughs> me laughing bit. quite a bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I did want to mention him as well. Uh, Andrew, yeah. what are some of your your further thoughts? Do you have anything good to say about this movie? If there are any saving graces for this movie, it's all of the side characters. I think mm-hmm. the side characters are what kind of save this movie. You know, it's mm-hmm. the uh, the like you said, the Gunther guy, or it's the two guys that are always the the cliff beasts that <laughs> yeah. are just hanging uh-huh. from the rafters uh-huh. and they're just talking. And sometimes you see them as like the cliff beasts, you know, just talking back and forth. Mm-hmm. That stuff's funny. Mm. Um. Okay, I'll let you guys finish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I went through my positives. It, Aaron? <laughs> I don't know. I think everybody has moments. Um, I I dig David Duchovny. I really dig him. I, I think there's just something I like self everybody of, in this movie. self-effacing about him. Keegan-Michael Key is really funny in some moments in this movie. Um yeah, I just Pedro Pascal. I've never seen like this before. Like he's, you know, he's game to to really have some fun and do some fun stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I yeah, just like, I, I think... like everyone in the cast. Like I really like. I love Karen mm-hmm. Gillan as a Doctor Who fan. You know, she's got my mm-hmm. number for everything yeah. now. Yeah, that's her other Doctor Who tie-in. I, there you exactly. go. See, it all makes sense. Yeah, I thought that was on purpose. <laughs> of course <laughs> it was. Of course it was, Alice. <laughs> everything good is on purpose. Everything bad was accidental. You know this. <laughs> Um, but you know, I've always loved Karen Gillan. I, you know, love Keegan Michael Key, Maria Bakalova. I was so excited to see what she'd be in after, you know, uh, Borat too, and yeah, then Pedro Pascal. Like, I love all these people. Yeah. It just, I wish it was better. Like, <laughs> that's all. I just, I, no, I feel like I, no, I'm totally with yeah. you. Obviously, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm hovering mm. on didn't like it. Like, obviously, mm. I wish it was better. I, I wish there was a little more discipline to actually create something that's not only crazy and over the top mm-hmm. and possibly fun or funny, but that was actually cohesive and interesting and those other things that I need from a movie that this did not deliver uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, since we're staying on good stuff, I do also think there were a couple cameos that were uh, amazing. There's a deep fake uh, cameo of <laughs> an actor that I, I really, it was one of those like, what is this and make it stop, but also this is hilarious uh, moments for me. There was another. I saw his, uh, I saw his name in the in the cast list on IMDb, and I was like, "Oh, when does he show up?" And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." Okay. And then there there was another there was another cameo that was I don't know I really really enjoyed it, but it was Is just it the this, Why are you running? Yes, yes. Yeah, where yeah, and good. and I just I don't know. This movie had enough of those moments that I just I felt like I couldn't really say uh, I didn't like it, even though I'm fully aware. It's not really a movie. Like that's that is the that is the common theme for our reviews today. Neither of these are actually movies. They are just yeah. collections of frames of moving images. They like they're, You know what this movie felt like to me? It felt like a really long SNL skit. Sure. That's, yes. That's what yes. it felt like. Yes. Like yeah, it no, just I, felt I like agree. it was a lot of the like an SNL cast that was just being like oh just do a bunch of skits but kind of make it all tie in with this theme and like you know the pandemic and it just it was just so chaotic but also not very intelligent and so 
Yeah, that's just really what I was left with. And then, especially towards the end, I was just like, oh, they're just doing Tropic Thunder, but now. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'd yeah. rather watch Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Genuinely never put that together, but you're 100% right. You're, you're absolutely 100% right, both of you, to say that this is uh, a lot of Tropic Thunder. And obvious. And Top- Tropic Thunder did it a lot better. Tropic Thunder does feel like a cohesive movie. It does feel like it's taking you somewhere, that there's character movement and... You know, but understands it can be ridiculous at the same time and over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Here was my issue is the fact that if I'm comparing it to Tropic Thunder, what Tropic Thunder did is it made me like the actors, like mm-hmm. the people playing the actors. Like if I, I love Tug Speedman, I didn't like uh, uh, whoever, uh, I can't remember Carol anybody's name in this something. movie. Carol Cobb. Carol. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I loved uh, Robert Downey Jr. I, like David Duchovny didn't do anything for me, or Pedro Pascal. Like I loved all the people that played the actors. And then when it comes to like the uh, the production crew, like I'm mm. like, yeah, I thought Tom Cruise was hilarious in Tropic Thunder, but Kristen Wiig is just she's Kate there. McKinnon. You mean? Yeah, I Kate say? McKinnon. Yeah, Kristen, Kristen Wiig. Wiig. But this is the same person. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I'm, joking. I'm joking. No, it is not. No, no. Uh, but no, no, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Kate McKinnon, uh, like I love Tom Cruise a whole lot more, you know, because he was a more, you know, dynamic out there character, you know, Mm. it's like this movie was saying, hey, uh, you know, being an actor, they don't really, you know, appreciate, you know, everything, you know, Mm -hmm. but then the movie transitions to, oh, yeah, you're supposed to feel bad for these characters now. I'm like, well, what is the movie trying to say? Is the movie trying to say that production for movies is awful, or is it trying to say that, um, you know, you, sh- you you know these pampered people should not be pitied? Because mm-hmm. it's two different things, mm-hmm. and the movie's trying to say both at the same time. And I, I don't think it know. Is, yeah. I I it's you know when you have conflicting messages like this, it just makes for a messy, messy movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Hundred percent agree with that. Um, yeah, there, there's an element to what's going on here that is just, we're going to have fun, so the audience won't have any choice but to have fun with us. Uh, and it's just Challenge not enough. accepted. Yeah, it's just not enough. It, re- it really isn't. Like, I don't, I don't want to come away uh, from this, you know, saying uh, that it works, because it doesn't work, and it shouldn't work, and we expect more. Um, this feels very patronizing and, and parental of me to say, but the, but it is that feeling of I expect more from you, Judd Apatow. I, like I really do. I, ex- mm-hmm. I expect you to deliver something that that is. Cohesive I was shocked and, he made this movie. Yeah, I was just yeah. Like, really. Yeah. This is easily his worst movie that I can think of. Yeah, easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I just thought of something good I can say about this movie. Good. <laughs> Shockingly, I think the visuals, like the CGI of like the Cliff Beast. Is pretty good. Like <laughs> maybe kinda, better than a maybe better than a Sony movie that we just you I know, was talked about. Just about to that was my next point was I think seeing this after seeing Morbius yeah. elevated yeah. it for me. And in there was an element of when they were doing I found the whole bit about like them like the finished movie product, but it was their act but their you know, uh, perform- yeah. I found that really funny. Like when they were hanging on the cliff oh, like or whatever, you get the immersive and- look at like when yeah, they're filming like, and stuff. Like okay, for yeah. whatever reason, they finished that CG for the, the you know the the botched <laughs> yeah. take or whatever. I think it's so we as the I know why they did it. So we as the audience 
and understand like what this movie is trying to mm-hmm. be. Like it's the next mm-hmm. Sharknado. That's all this movie is. It's like saying hey, we're making it's... the new Sharknado series. No, I think I listen. Really? I think it's Jurassic Park. I think it's making fun of Jurassic Park. Like the the font. Well, the, is the font is definitely the same. yeah. The font is literally the Jurassic Park font. And then it's but... just because there's like seven of them now or something, right? So if we're talking, if we're talking, I feel like we're talking maybe about two different things. But if we're talking mm. about the what the movie itself is supposed to represent, yes, it is yeah. absolutely a Jurassic Park type because it's not Sharknado because Sharknado isn't a six you know movie, uh, you know big studio uh, in okay. theaters making millions of dollars, you know, you know kind of thing. If you're talking about what this movie is trying to be, which is what I thought you were saying initially. Um, you know, I think this movie is trying to be satire. I think it's trying to do what Don't Look Up did and just be over mm-hmm. the top and ridiculous and point at Hollywood and say, we understand we're idiots and we understand what makes us idiots. Um, and but do they? I don't know. At times I, I think, think the so. Thesis, yeah, I think that I thought that they were going to do that. And I was like, oh, that'll be funny. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they think that they're suffering, but they're obviously not. But mm-hmm. then, yeah, you're right. That you said your point earlier, where it's like, but then they kind of make them the heroes because of their mm-hmm. su- quote unquote suffering, and yeah, cause- that's that's the the problem with me is that I didn't, yeah, similar to you, Andrew, I didn't like any of the characters. I especially really didn't like Karen Gillan's character, Carol Cobb. She was so unlikable as a character, extremely unlikable, but not in like a a funny way. Correct. I don't feel like it was Correct. in a funny way. I feel like you were. she was meant to be, I feel, the main character that we followed and empathized with because, you know, she has these personal issues and then she's on set and, you know, these things are happening and she's trying to fight for freedom and everything like that. But the whole time I'm just kind of like, oh, I so, can you just stop? <laughs> just film the movie. Like, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm on I the crew know. side. Like, I, don't, I think you might be right. And we would only know if we, if Judd was sitting here with us and we were able to kind of pick his brain and poor guy would have to hear us say all this stuff about his movie that he poured his blood sweat and tears <laughs> I'll, I'll into. I'll text this, this a review to him. Um, but mm. only he would be able to say whether or not we were supposed to like uh, Carol because I'm not sure. I My instinct is that all of the actors were supposed to hate. I think this movie wants us to hate all of the actors. I think it wants us to like the the staff and the, the people yeah. around. I think they're supposed to be our eyes and ears and our ability to, you know, that could have been a, a good movie, but, mm. um, but I don't know. I don't think we're supposed to like any of the, the actors. Like as soon as like this, Mr. Best character shows up, like the whole dynamic of that the movie so changes. Yeah. 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 So. Who shows up? Who, what are you talking about? The Mr. Best, the head of security. Guy. Oh security yeah. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that he, yeah, it changes things, doesn't it? It's as soon all... as he shows up, like, there's a 180 and like, mm-hmm. oh, now we're supposed to feel sorry for the actors. I'm like, we just, I just spent the first hour of the movie doing what you told me to do and not like these actors. I don't know. <laughs> I think maybe the intent is that we're still supposed to not like, we're not supposed to feel sorry for them. I think the intent is maybe we're supposed to feel good about, like we're supposed to think they're getting what they deserve. Um, what? I, I, well, I Listen, I, know you- I don't know. I'm just telling you, I, I, I think that makes more sense than... Oh, now they're the the heroes of this. Um, like after like uh, what happens to Leslie Mann, I'm like, 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, like we're we're still supposed to not like these people. This is yeah. yeah. I think we're supposed to go ha ha ha. Look what happened. Like you know. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. Well, I, I go, know. Oh, this is horrifying. Again, <laughs> intent is so hard to prove. But like, I just yeah. it makes so much more sense to me that that was the goal than the goal was to create empathy for them. Because you're right, the entire uh, movie seems to be about how terrible they are. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's this. There's just enough stuff here that i go back to and i'm just like ah, oh, there's a seed of something real you can tell really funny people were involved right you can tell that there are people who understand where the seed of humor is i just don't think they watered it enough i just don't think it was like you know the the humor was allowed to to really flourish and so instead you're looking back going oh that was kind of funny and then for me imagining the movie that could have mm. been that played off of that a little bit better um well, that so. was me the whole time, too, because I was just like, oh, this could have been so funny. We've been living yeah. through, you know, COVID for two years now. Like, mm-hmm. I, there are so many different ways you could have gone with, you know, bubbles and quarantine and, you know, testing, that sort of thing. And instead, I just feel like they took always the lowest common denominator route out. And yeah. I was just so like, I mean, I've, I saw this as a YouTube skit a year ago, you know, like, I just, mm-hmm. it could have, I think that was me the whole time. I was like, oh, I really wanted this to be funny. And mm-hmm. instead I just felt a bit, oh, well, that was a waste of, and it was two hours. It was a two it was hour a movie. It was a long movie. It felt. It was longer it felt. than only, only Judd Apatow can make two hours feel that long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. And like Alice said, and I think I said this earlier, I like all of these people outside of this movie, like Karen Gillan, Peter Serafin. I love Peter Serafinowitz. Like, mm. he needs to be in a whole lot more stuff. Uh, and I'm like you, Aaron. I love David Duchovny. I lo- need to see him and stuff. Leslie Mann. And th- this movie did introduce me to some people that I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing in other stuff. Now, the Gunther character, I've never seen him in anything else, mm. but I want to see him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this movie had... I think it's the... Uh, the destruction of potential that infuriates me so much. Sure. Like, this could yeah. have been so much better. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yep. Uh, I don't really have too much else to say uh, about no. the bubble. Um, so I think we can uh, we can go ahead and, and move on. Uh, nice. Uh, let's go ahead and Check move it out. the best ever. Put it on your watch list for Netflix. What's that? We all... Everybody needs to watch it. Put it in your watch list for Netflix. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, it is kind of one of those movies where I'm like, you know, it's terrible, guys. But honestly, probably watch it because <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, no. No. you have that, to yeah, uh, that's, that's If you watched every other movie in Netflix's catalog, <laughs> then sure. Yeah, yeah Aaron, <laughs> that's a level of masochism I wouldn't wish on anybody, really. You know, I'm, clearly we had different experiences then because uh, did you watch it with people you could like, you know, uh, pal around with? No. I think that's the Just difference. Me. I think that's it. get some friends, make mm. fun of it, have a good t- because I don't know it some it can work. <laughs> yeah, pour your alcohol in the popcorn. Yeah, everything we said about uh, yep. the, the Morbius movie, uh, do that here yeah. as well. Um, so I guess the Sif Pop the Sif Pop review of both movies this week. If you want to watch it, get some alcohol. Uh, you know, that's, that's that's basically what we've, Andrew's we've said. Andrew's review this week is he is mad at Aaron for waking him up at 7 in the morning to review these movies. <laughs> like the worst ever. I'm sorry. It's like Andrew's like nightmare. Uh, I, I, you know what's funny, Alice? You don't know this, but Aaron texted me. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read the text to you, just so you know. So he texted me and he said, uh, "Where's it? Uh, <laughs> hey, 
are you open to a 7 a.m. Saturday sit-pop recording for this week? And I replied, that sounds like the most horrible thing I can imagine. But yeah, I can make it work. (laughs) 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 And these are the movies you woke me up for. That's right. That's right. Yep. Yep. This is what you get out of bed for. Uh, Before we head on to the best ever challenge, a reminder that our Sif Pop members make this possible. And we appreciate you so much. Um, if you would like to check out what it means to be a member, you can go to patreon.com slash sift pop. Uh, as mentioned this week, we did some, uh, Oscars post mortem and talked a little bit more about some of the events of the Oscars, as well as some things we didn't feel like we got to say during the live stream of the show. So, uh, members can check that out again at patreon.com slash sift pop. Lots of other fun stuff to do there as well including your own dedicated podcast feed at certain levels of membership uh where you don't hear ads uh any of that kind of stuff um and you get the bonus episodes in that feed as well so you just have a centralized sift pop ad free plus bonus episodes feed just for you for members at patreon.com slash pop when everyone's on the same page getting things done at work is easy Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get into the best ever challenge. We're going to uh, talk about best ever Doctor Who actor movies because, of course, uh, not just Matt Smith, but also Karen Gillan, uh, which was definitely Who the was intent. Matt Smith's partner. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were together uh, for their seasons uh, with uh, Arthur Darvel, right? Uh, being the wow, the good third. pull. Yeah, thanks. I love Doctor Who. Uh, you guys, do you guys watch? Uh, I think you you're a I've huge fan, all, right, Alice? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love Doctor Who. Love, love. I'm so intrigued uh, to see who the next one's going to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, is she already done? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Russell oh, T. Davies Jody is Whittaker. coming back, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Peter Capaldi? Is that who was before her? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, that's who I watched up until. I've seen every single one up until. Well, I say uh, Chris Eccleston to Capaldi. Yeah. 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 Alice, do you watch the old ones? Do you watch? Uh... No, no, okay. no. I, right. I did Chris Eccleston to um, now. 
Okay, uh, I will say, and uh, Andrew's already uh, hinted at this. There, there are there are many actors who have played Doctor Who outside of the show canon, and uh, so we may be including some interesting ones uh, in that. For my top five, I have a different actor for each of the five. Uh, that was not necessarily intentional; it just worked out that way. Um, so we will go from Almost. number five. To number one, uh, Andrew, why don't you kick us off? What's your number five best well, don't ever start Doctor with me Who? Because I like that of having a different actor for every single one. I'm just gonna so j- give me two seconds if you don't mind. Oh, you're gonna re- redo it so that you have a different because j- uh, I only have one actor who I like. I doubled up on, so uh-huh. but it's my number five. Sure, so that's if you don't we'll mind. start. We'll start with Alice and uh, go around the other direction. So Alice, who's your number yeah. five? I also have a double up, but I'm sticking by my list. Um, (laughs) My number five is Snowpiercer. So the Bong Joon-ho movie, and it's got John Hurt, who did play the Doctor in the special, The Day Mm -hmm. of the Doctor. He played the War Doctor. Yes, he did. Yeah, I love Snowpiercer. I watch the show, even though it's nowhere near as good as the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I am... I've said this before, I'll say this a thousand times, high concept sci-fi, you've got me in the cinema chair. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. a huge high concept person, I'm a huge sci-fi person, and this is pretty much, you know, perfect for that. And it's thrilling, it's exciting, and John Hurt plays a pretty integral part of the film, and he's really, like, quietly powerful, I would say, in his role. So, yeah, Snowpiercer. Actually, I should watch that again. It's been a while since I've seen it. Nice. I love that movie. It's yeah. really good. Such a great movie. And I didn't, I knew nothing going into it. Like, my dad yeah. dragged me, and I was just like, oh my goodness, that was the best. I want to watch it again. Maybe after nice. the comedy, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Good, good call. Good call. Uh, nice choice. My number five. I'm going with a Christopher Eccleston uh, movie. Mm. Uh, um, going with the others uh, for my number five. Um, Interesting. I really enjoy this movie. Um, it is one of a few movies that I have experienced and gone, oh, I love what you did there. And uh, in a way that that um, I found clever and interesting. I think there's great performances in it. I think the mood is really well done. The tension is really amazing. Uh, if you haven't checked out the others, I would highly recommend it. Don't want to say too much about it, uh, other than mm. check it out. Spooky movie. It is spooky, sure. Spooky yeah. movie. Yeah. Scary. I am your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, yeah, Andrew. That still Thank gives you. me bone uh, chills every time I think about it. Yeah. Uh, you ready, Andrew? Ready for your number five? I am, s- I am so ready. All it's right. not even funny. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, Phil. You're not going to have any you know, artwork or thumbnail to show here. But I'm going to go with Jason and the Argonauts. The oh. Old, old Ray Harryhausen film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor in this one was Patrick Tr- Trotton. Is mm-hmm. that how you say his name? Trotman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is when I was growing up. It was one of my favorite movies. Th- to this day... Uh, I it's Ray Harryhausen, so you know the visual effects are just you mm-hmm. know the stop motion, you know, and the uh, the forced perspective thing that he used to do. It's fascinating. It's it's very well acted. Yeah, there you go. Uh, actually, that's the scene I was just about to bring up. Uh, Talos, uh, the giant uh, brass warrior, is like one of my favorite visual effect like moments of the of like ever. Like mm-hmm. him turning his head is for me a top 10 visual effects moment of all time. It's a great movie. Like I said, great force perspective, great stop motion. And it's just a very actually surprisingly well acted movie. 
So nice. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. Uh, all right, back to my number four, and I'm going to go with Jodie Whittaker uh, at my number four. Um, uh, she was in the movie Attack the Block, um, and I yep. really enjoy Attack mm-hmm. the Block. If you have not seen uh, this movie, you've not only got Jodie Whittaker in there, but uh, you've also got John Boyega uh, in one of his yeah. uh, first roles. Um, yeah. And it's really just a, kind of an alien invasion, kids on the block going to protect their block from the aliens kind of thing. And it's fun and it's interesting and it's sci-fi. And it's just kind of one of those that uh, kind of lingers underneath that a lot of people haven't seen. Um, but you might want to check it out. It's a lot of fun. It's a very good movie and mm-hmm. a fun Nick Frost cameo. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so that is my number four. Um, yeah. What about you, Alice? So my number four might get trumped. It's Peter Capaldi in Paddington 2. Yes, that will get yeah. trumped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. And I think I reversed the direction all of a sudden. I think I I I think you, you were did, supposed to go before me. Okay. That's okay. okay. You really yeah. wanted to talk about Attack the Block and so I'm so excited to, to talk about Jody Whittaker and Attack the Block. <laughs> yeah. So, um we'll we'll get it back on track next time. Uh okay. <laughs> Andrew, what about you for your number 4? Oh, so, so are we at my number 4? Or we sure are. Else? I got okay. trumped. Oh, okay. Uh, well, this is where I have my Christopher or Chris Eccleston movie. Okay. And it's not the others. It's 28 Days Later. Yeah, I figured you might have this on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what if there if you can count it as a zombie movie, which I say do. It's fine. Yeah. Just because it's called the rage virus doesn't mean that these aren't like, you know, flesh eating people. Um it's the best. People of flesh eating. It is the best uh, uh, zombie movie ever made. Uh, it's crazy good. I mean, I love... Uh, I'm having a brain fart right now on how to pronounce his name. Because I know it's... Um, Ki- Ki- uh, Killian is it, Murphy. Is it, Ki- is it Killian Murphy or yeah, Cillian Kil- Murphy? It's okay. Killian, I believe. Yeah, Killian. Yeah. 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 Uh, Brendan Gleeson is great in this movie. It's just a really great... And, you know, a lot of people may not know this. This is one of Danny Boyle's first movies. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I love Naomi Harris. And, of course, you have Christopher Eccleston in this movie. Oh, yeah. The second half of this movie, like after the Brendan Gleeson, you know, scene, which is, you know, traumatizing and heartbreaking. Yeah. The Christopher Eccleston movie, because I'd only seen him in Doctor Who. <laughs> so so I'm like, oh, yeah, he's here to save the day. He's a good guy. And then, yeah, he's a good guy. And then you're like... Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, this movie gets horrifying really quick. Yeah. So, yeah. First yeah. time I watched but, this movie, I started it at 11.30 at night because I had to watch ooh. it before uni the next day. That was a bad idea. Don't do you that. You didn't sleep, did you? <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. I read yeah. a lot to make myself pass out. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, all right, on to our number three, Zalis. What do you got at number three? All right, this also might get trumped. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Listen, I'm just going to keep trumping you, Alice, if you keep naming amazing uh, movies. Uh, right. So, yes, <laughs> I will David Tennant. Uh, I will trump that one as well. But I will now allow you to speak about Paddington 2 because that's what I have at number Yay. three for me. Uh, that is my Capaldi pick uh, for my top five. Um, man, you make Paddington this amazing movie with such a great heart and it's amazing and you're like, oh, a sequel, cool, that'll be fun. And then it's somehow even better. Thank you, Hugh Grant uh, and Mm -hmm. many others. Uh, Paddington 2 is just high quality movie making, plain and simple. It's Mm -hmm. just really good, really warm hearted, really funny. And um, Paddington 2 is one of 
He's he's the Mister Rogers of the animated world. Uh, I love that love that bear so much. Um, so yeah, Alice, what did you want to say about Paddington too? If you ever feel that your faith in humanity is slipping, watch this movie about a talking bear because <laughs> it is just so. Go. It's just sometimes you know it's great to watch things that are thrilling and psychological and dramatic. Hey, mm-hmm. I love it as much as the next girl. But sometimes you just want to watch things that are nice and people uh, being nice. Normal. Yeah, and and adorable, and you just want to watch a dastardly villain like Hugh Grant, who you can tell is just having the time of his life. You know, yeah. it it just looks like it'd be so much fun to play. And yeah, I honestly, I'll admit, I'm sure many people thought that when a Paddington Two movie was coming out, they're like, all right, well, the first one will be good, and then this one will be mediocre, and then it was so much like so much better. But that's not me saying that the first one was bad. This is just insanely good (laughs) like Mm -hmm. so yeah it's just so nice and if really it's such a perfect like weekend watch or wind down watch and yeah i i really i need to watch that one too maybe i'll watch it after snowpiercer (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's it's a good good double feature yeah Yeah. Yeah. hugh grant had a great one-two punch with this Mm. and the gentleman you know Mm. yeah yeah um beginning of his grandson two more than one what's that yeah do you like the second one more than the first one? I do. Paddington? I do. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Just because yeah, I like I the so. villain so much more. Not Nothing mm-hmm. against Nicole Kidman, but I think Hugh Grant's way more engaging. I love them both. I love both the movies. Mm. Yeah. I think two is slightly better. Um, all right, Andrew, we're on to your number three. This is my John Hurt one. V for Vendetta. Mm. I mean, I've talked about this movie so much. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're going to give a you know best performance for somebody without ever seeing them then this is you know the creme de la creme i think that mm-hmm. the way hugo weaving brings this character to life and you never see a speck of him you know mm-hmm. it just it he 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 found a way to portray emotion through a mask and that's very very hard to do uh i think that it's one of the best comic book movies ever made. It's uh, great. I think John Hurt is an amazing villain in this movie. Uh, yeah. And it's... Uh, the Wachowskis didn't uh, direct it, but they like produced it and they oversaw mm-hmm. the visual effects and stuff like that. And yeah, you can tell. It's mm. very well choreographed. Very nice. V for Vendetta in at number three, four. Andrew, and on to our number twos. Uh, Alice, what do you got? Uh, this is my Harry Potter pick, and it's Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. That's a good uh, choice. All ha- it stars uh, John Hurt. So, yeah, this is my double up. Um, I couldn't not have a Harry Potter pick. And, I, and David I had Bradley. A, uh, yes, and David Bradley. And and I and it, so it's a double double up, I guess you can say. <laughs> yeah. you know, spoilers for my next one. Um, but, you know, there were three other Harry Potter movies I could have mentioned that I'll mention in my honorable mentions. Um, that was a lot of use of the word mention. Um, but <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned I, it. Yeah, thank you. Um, But I, I, yeah, I love Harry Potter. I've said this before. I'm not going to go on about it again. And Deathly Hallows Part 2 was the culmination of, you know, 10 years of film and 20 years of books. And it was just so thrilling. And to get a series that had where every single one of the movies wasn't like just decent, they were good movies. And then to have it end well, where you have 
eight good movies in a series is insane. Like that mm-hmm. achievement alone is amazing. And then for the final movie to be exactly what I wanted, where all the really important bits were there and it was heartbreaking and it was exciting. And honestly, there are so many times I just put on this one. I, I don't watch, I'm just in the mood to watch this one. Um, and so, you know, John Hurts at the very, very beginning to kick the whole thing off and tell them, you know, you're not going to beat him is too powerful, but we all know Harry Potter, Hermione Granger and, and Ron Weasley they can't be beaten and they weren't. I mean, spoilers, but I mean, by this point, you haven't seen it. You know? Wait, what? <laughs> and it was just so good. And it feels like all of Britain was in the Harry Potter movies at some point. But it's just, oh, I love it so much. But it's not quite my number one. But I still love Harry Potter. Amazing. Love it. I think that's a good choice. I think the the Harry Potter, you know, final two movies being split up into two movies, uh really impacts our view of them. But I think part two is really, really good. And I think if they had Mm. been one movie, even one gigantically long movie, I think it would have been, you know, a really good movie. Um, But I think because it was split up, it kind of had that interesting kind of half movie thing that kind of Dune has right now. It's a, I think it's a fairly interesting parallel for yeah, what we're dealing with. Yeah, but they told us that Harry Potter was going to be Correct. Warner, At least they <laughs> warned us. Yeah, definitely. Before um, we got into the scene. Aaron. <laughs> yeah, my number, my, my number two is How to Trade Your Dragon. Uh, this is my David Tennant um, representation on the list and already mentioned by Alice. I think it is fairly well known how much I love this movie. Uh, it was the first DreamWorks film where I was like, oh, okay, DreamWorks, I see you. You can do good stuff, uh, you know, because before this you had Shrek and and, you know, um, it was it was much more like trying to be a little more crass, a little more, you know, whatever. Mm. But this is a really beautiful thematic movie. Um, and man, there's a the moment I this is movie's been out for long enough, so I, I'm not too worried about spoiling it. But just the fact that they were able to play that final moment um, with him finding common ground uh with his dragon and their disabilities so to speak um just really moved me you know that they were able to complete each other in a certain way um so yeah i'm i really dig this movie uh and the design is incredible seeing this movie in 3d was really amazing too the dragon flight stuff in this movie is just uh it's wish fulfillment kind of stuff so yeah yeah really enjoy mm-hmm. uh, how to train your dragon alice what did you want to say about it yeah, it's just really beautiful. I would desperately want to toothless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want a toothless. Um, I want a dragon that I can fly and that loves me. But um, they don't exist. Meh. Yeah. But it was just, it is. It's such a beautiful story of, you know, I feel like everyone can, re- everyone who has a pet can definitely relate or even have some connection to a pet. Mm-hmm. There's definitely relation there. And like whenever I watch it, I'm like hugging my dogs tight. And, but even without it, it's just a beautiful story. And yes, the visuals, that's the one thing I did want to touch on was just thinking about that final sort of section and there's the bit where he's falling and I just picture that in my head and it's so beautiful. The animation is stunning. Um, And that's really, yeah, when I watched this, I was like, oh, oh, DreamWorks. Okay. Okay. It's not Mm -hmm. just Pixar and Disney. All right. I'm here. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I just, it's such, and all three movies are excellent. So again, Mm -hmm. well done to them. I will say that. I agree. Uh, all right. Uh, your number two, Andrew. This is my David Bradley pick. Uh, the funniest movie ever made, Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. Trump. 
Oh. <laughs> you got your hot fuzz dropped. Nice. Uh, Alice, <laughs> what is your number one, I wonder? Oh, uh, it's actually the suit. No, I'm joking. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's hot fuzz. It is. I love this movie. Every, yeah. I don't know why, every time I watch it, it somehow gets better. I mean, I'm a huge Edgar Wright fan. I'm a huge Blood and Ice Cream trilogy or Cornetto trilogy fan. Like, all three of them I love so much. All three of them are excellent. Excellent, just from a purely film technique perspective and story perspective. But Hot Fuzz is the best of the three. That's just, oh, yeah. that's the, the truth. And I it's will fight fact. anyone who says otherwise. That's a fact. And yeah. it's just so well done where it's just genuinely a great buddy cop action movie. But also, yes, the funniest movie of all time. And it's all about the greater good. The, the greater, greater good. good. Thank you. Um, I think that the fact that that's just like so peripheral and it's just so much fun to watch, you know, and there's so many great lines in it where, you know, it's like, Andy, it's just Bolognese. (laughs) It's just, you just want to make fun of it. It's like, oh, you think it's murder. And then watching it and Olivia Coleman's in it. Now she's this huge Oscar winning actress. Mm -hmm. But at the time she was just this two bit British actress. But that's so many of the cast. And I think that's just so many of the Edgar Wright, like, you know, oeuvre. Um, yeah, it's just so much fun. I love it so, so much. And David Bradley's character is so great. I think the scene where he's translating, you know... Um, For the, the old man. <laughs> exactly. And he's like... <laughs> That's one like, of my favorite scenes. I love <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. It's just such in, like, intelligent humor. It, they, see, that's really, in, unlike the bubble, this is really intelligent humor where it's mm-hmm. just using yeah. Yeah. all these little bits where even if you're not from England, you get it, you know? And, oh, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Yarp. Yarp. Uh, that's the hound. I can't believe every single time I watch him, I'm like, that's the hound right there. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yarp. Yeah. But at the time, he was just a guy. <laughs> now yeah. he's the hound. Uh, Andrew, any further thoughts on uh, on Hot Fuzz? It was your Alice number two. Alice nailed it. Alice nailed it. Yeah, it's it's the funniest movie ever made. Yeah, mm-hmm. go yeah. watch it now. Yeah. Um, all right. So I guess that means it's time for my number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Cushing uh, is in at my number one with Star Wars. Um, Same. Yeah. So yeah, Peter Cushing played the Doctor in a non-canon uh, yeah. TV show. I think it was a TV show for a few episodes, or maybe it was a maybe it were TV movies. Maybe they were TV movies. I can't remember. But he it's played possible. he played Doctor Who like uh, Dr. Doctor instead of spelling out Doctor, uh, which is an mm. interesting distinction. Um, but yes, uh, Star Wars is obviously beloved uh, for my generation. It was the movie we grew up on. It was. One of the things that actually launched VHS technology was the fact that you could get Star Wars on VHS and or record it from TV and watch it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, it is <laughs> well, until you burnt out the tape. Yes, and you had to go and buy we, a new one, and we did. Um, yeah. So yeah, this this movie is sci-fi world building like we'd never seen before, and you know, um, pretty amazing stuff. So. I don't think I need to say too much, uh, but that is my number one. Andrew, what is your number one? I said same. Oh, there you go. So yeah, yeah talk a little bit Peter about Cushing, Star Wars. Grandma Tarkin, he's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, so there's... Hot take, everybody. We like Star Wars on this podcast. <laughs> That's right, yes. Let us spend another five minutes telling you about this little-known movie called yeah. Star Wars. Uh, I have 20 
honorable mentions. Andrew, we're not so going to let you guys go. <laughs> we're not going to let you go over 20 honorable mentions. I was just going to run down the list. <laughs> guys, guys. All right. I will, I I will tell you mentioned. my four. I will tell okay. you my four. And then you guys just, you know, spend however yeah. long you need to talk about all okay. the amazing Doctor Who movies. Uh, I wanted to mention The Pirates, uh, exclamation point. David Tennant is in that. That is a really oh, fun yeah, movie if you haven't seen it. I love that. Um, Tenet is also in a movie called Fright Night, which uh, surprises me how much I enjoyed that. Um, I did enjoy Fright Night. Uh, Peter Cushing is in a movie called Top Secret. um, Yes, that was one of my mentions. Which is hilarious. That's Uh, a Zucker Abrams one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. I believe so. Uh, And then Peter Capaldi is in World War Z, which I really enjoy Mm. uh, as well. So. Yeah, so there you go. There's my honorable mentions. Take it away, guys. Okay, well, you Alice, go. go. Okay. This How many is did an... you say you have? Well, now I have 11 because I had one. Okay, yeah, you go well. ahead. Yeah, I, I will say this isn't everything. Like, if I'd gone through every one of their IMDb, <laughs> I would have ended up sure, on a list sure, of like sure. 50. But these a are all the people ones that... who played the doctor. What are yeah, we going to do? Exactly. But this is, uh, I wrote these 12 down and then I was like, that's enough. It didn't come to mind now. No one, no one else. So I'll start off with, obviously, I didn't mention, I mentioned already the Harry Potter. So Philosopher's Stone and Half-Blood Prince both have John Hurt. And then um, uh, Goblet of Fire has uh, David Tennant. So they were the ones that I didn't mention regarding Harry Potter. History of the World Part 1 is also a John Hurt one. I love that movie. Such a great Mel Brooks movie. And I feel like no one ever talks about it. And for some reason, my mum came home with like a bargain bin copy from the DVD store. And I watched it when I was like 12 and I loved it. And yeah, so if you haven't (laughs) seen it, it's great. Um, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I really love that movie. Matt Smith is in it. I, I mean, I really like Pride and Prejudice, and I really like zombie movies, so I was always going to really enjoy this one. So it's a lot of fun. I actually think the chemistry between um, Lily James and the guy that plays Mr. Darcy is fantastic, and Matt Smith is actually really, really good in this movie. Like, he's having a lot of fun. Um, the Suicide Squad, Peter Capaldi. That was almost yeah. on my list. Fantastic, fantastic movie. We've already talked about it at length, so I'll move on. Were you um, on for that week, Alice? Was that yes, I was. Yeah. Yes, I was. Um, and then we've got Christopher Robin. So Peter Capaldi's in that one. Um, Love that movie. It's a really nice movie, really. If you like, um, you know, Winnie the Pooh, and and you like uh, Ewan McGregor, it's worth it. Um, Alien feel like we had that's, to mention that one. That's the one I took off my list so I could have yeah. different doctors for each one. Because that would yeah. have been my number three. Yeah. A lot of these like almost made my list. And I literally just had to yeah. walk away from my list. Because otherwise I would have just kept changing it. <laughs> um, Womb. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of this movie called Womb starring Matt Smith. Very <laughs> creepy. It's this cool movie about... It's got... Um, uh, oh god, I went to say Eva Longoria. That's not right. Um, she plays Vesper in, in Casino Eva Orion Green. And, thank you, Eva Green. So it stars yeah. Eva Green and, and Matt Smith. Basically, real quick plot overview: um, Eva Green and Matt Smith are a couple, and he gets killed. And we're in a kind of, again, high concept sci-fi sort of world where you can bring people back, like cloning exists. And she chooses to mm. use his DNA and clone him. But the way that cloning works is that you have to 
it, like have a pregnancy, give birth to the kid and raise the raise the clone like a real person. And so she decides to do that with the clone of her boyfriend who she was in love with. So obviously, as you can imagine, a lot of moral and ethical questions, especially as the boy starts to grow and starts to look and do they you know, starts to be... Her... Do they age at the same rate? As yeah, at the same people? rate as regular, regular people. And so she... Yeah mothers the child and then and it's just her and him but then he starts growing into an adult and he starts wanting to you know go and he gets other girlfriends and there's this like jealousy that happens and very very interesting ethic and moral like Hmm. dilemma movie i do recommend checking it out um elephant man is another one yeah fantastic film with john hurt and finally the world's end with david bradley um, had to mention that one. It, mm-hmm. I actually really liked The World's End. Like, Me too. I thought it was so, so much oh, fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, that was my tw- my 11. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got left, Andrew? I have 11 more. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Painted Veil. Mm. It's a movie with a... Uh, I'm trying to remember her name now. She was in The Impossible and Mulholland oh, Drive. Naomi Watts? Naomi Watts, yeah. And... Uh, Toby Jones is the doctor tie-in. But then you also have... Why am I so bad with names today? It's uh, The Painted Veil, Edward Norton. Yeah. Uh, It's actually a really good movie about... It's a period piece back in uh, times of, like, cholera. And Edward Norton takes him and his wife to China to try and, you know, cure uh, a village that has cholera. And there's infidelity and stuff like that. Actually, very good, very beautifully shot movie. Uh, Contact. Mm. Uh, love contact. Thank you, Aaron, for uh, recommending that. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my of uh, uh, list of shames that you got rid of. The Mist, the greatest ending of any movie uh, ever. It's... I will never watch that movie ever. I can't. I can't, <laughs> I can't uh, do it. I can't do that ending. I can't. Frost Nixon, it. really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harry Brown. Have you guys ever heard of Harry Brown? It's a. Uh, I don't think so. It's a Marco mm-hmm. Kine movie. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of the British Grand Torino. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I vaguely can picture it. It's it's a it's a decent enough movie, but there's a scene in a drugged in that's like one of the most like gripping and enticing scenes in film history. Uh, Batman Begins, Spaceballs, mm-hmm. Rob Roy, Mr. Bean, Gone in sixty seconds, and the Three Musketeers. Well, there you go. And, and we're done. Uh, yeah. Nicely done. Uh, all right. Let's move into our buried treasure. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Um, Alice, you are a guest, so you will go last. Um, I'll go first. Uh, yeah. I wanted to talk about Winning Time uh, on HBO Max. Uh, this is the uh, the show that follows the Lakers getting Magic Johnson and that Magic Johnson, uh, Larry Bird era uh, of the NBA, an era I'm very familiar with. Uh, I'm a huge basketball fan. Uh, played basketball growing up and in college a little bit and uh, just really enjoying what this show is doing. The casting is is really interesting, really good, and it's kind of taking an inside look at, at the real lives of these people. Um, uh, Quincy Isaiah, who's playing Magic Johnson, is just perfect in this. John C. Riley, uh, who's playing the owner of the Lakers, who came in yeah, and did a uh, lot of this. Jerry Buss or yep. Russ? Jerry Buss. 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 Yes. Jerry Buss, yes. yeah. Yep. Um, Jason Clark giving a great performance as Jerry West, uh, the former player who was coach of the Lakers for a while. 
Um, Adrian Brody coming in as Pat Riley, the new coach of the Lakers. Uh, just a really interesting and good cast. Um, Michael Chiklis playing Red Arback. Like this is just, this is just full of casting where I'm like, oh, that's perfect. And the basketball is good. Uh, so yeah, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. You say that, and uh, the first thing, name that I saw was Solomon Hughes, and he's playing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. And you said, as soon as I saw that, you said, "This is just perfect casting." It's like, perfect. That is perfect casting. It is perfect casting. That is yes. perfect casting. Um, so yeah, this is cast really well. This is brought to us by Adam McKay. I think he directed the first episode as well. Um, so uh, yeah, Winning Time on HBO, uh, definitely something I would recommend um, and am enjoying watching. So I've been considering favorite. adding it to my queue. I feel like I mm-hmm. just need to now. <laughs> you know, for me, the, for me, the extra layer, the reason it, it jumped to the top of my queue is the basketball thing. Like, I, I mm. love basketball. Yeah. I loved watching the NBA. Um, I was a little bit I was a little bit young during the time that this is. But just after this, the Pistons were great in winning championships and they were my team. And so I was really into the NBA yeah. in like the late 80s, early 90s. Um so this is so, like yeah. mid to early 80s i'm assuming yes exactly yeah. it is it's a late 70s early 80s and it'll probably yeah. extend into uh well we know for a fact it'll extend into the diagnosis uh the hiv diagnosis and and those for kind magic of things johnson. for magic johnson yeah. um so yeah so it'll extend into the michael jordan era uh, a little bit as well but yeah i'm i'm an nba follower uh still love watching the games mm. so so yeah there you go uh andrew what about you well I don't know if you guys ever played the game uh, Oregon Trail growing up. Yes. No? Yeah. That was like a requirement in school. Yeah. Like it was a computer game. It was game, a fun yeah. little 8 bit game. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to go to on the oh, Oregon Trail. Yeah. Oh, you got dysentery. Yeah. You've oh, died of dysentery. Again. Yeah. You yeah, died exactly. of dysentery. Yeah. Well, there's a show out <laughs> called 1883, which actually is in the same universe as Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Yeah. 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 This is the uh, this is like the 1800s, like how they got to Yellowstone, and it's literally taking place on the Oregon Trail. And as you watch the show, you realize, oh, that game should have been horrifying. <laughs> it's like it's a brutal, brutal show, but it's fascinating with amazing, shockingly good performances from Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Like you hear those names, you're like, oh yeah, they're just country music stars. They are really, really good actors. But the shining uh, performance in this is from a young girl who I've never heard of before. Her name is Isabel May. She's the one that we're following. And it's interesting that we see uh, this from her point of view because it's like this is a world of wonder for her. She's a young girl and she's like she doesn't want to be, you know, like the the normal, you know, dress wearing. Everything's pretty. She wants to be the cowgirl. She wants to be, you know, but... As you're going down this trail, you're realizing, oh, this is not a place for, you know, wonder and excitement. This is a this is a land of pain and horror. Um, this show also stars Sam Elliott, who I don't know when he decided he wanted to be one of the best actors we've ever seen. But uh, he could have done it a lot sooner, you know. Because ever since he did uh, A Star is Born, I'm like, man, Sam Elliott knows how to act. And then I'm watching the show and I'm like, man, Sam Elliott really knows how to act. And you also have uh, uh, another ma- amazing performances like LaMonica Garrett, uh, 
This show, like I said, it is absolutely brutal. You do not need to watch Yellowstone to understand what's going on because this is obviously, everything's a prequel. You just, if you have seen Yellowstone, just know that this are the, these are the ancestors of the people who, you know, did the Yellowstone show. Um, it is on the Paramount Plus. That's the only way you can watch it unless nice. you find it on the internet. So. <laughs> There were quotations for those who are just listening around find it. Uh, I don't know what that means. I'm totally clueless as to what Andrew might be talking about. Um, It is easily, if we were doing like a, I know a couple months ago we did like uh, our best shows that we're watching, you know, Mm -hmm. and we were ranking. It would have been my top one or two. Oh, nice. It's it's easily one of the best shows I've seen in a very, very long time. And it's only uh, 10 episodes, so it's a quick, quick binge. I think 40 minutes each. Again, it's a Paramount Plus, so there are content warnings for nudity, language, and violence. So yeah, there you go. They really need to show the authenticity of how awful it was going from Oregon. Yeah. To Oregon, I should say. So that's mine. Alice, what is your buried treasure? So, well, as we as you guys said before, we were talking about the Oscars in our pre-show, and so I I thought I'd bring it back, given they're still in, in com- conversation. Uh, yeah. It's one of the docos of this year, Ascension. So if you haven't seen it yet, I really, really recommend checking it out. It is a Chinese language, or just it's set in China. It's it's a Chinese documentary, and it's basically the title Ascension is about the fact that the movie climbs the ranks of society um, from, you know, very low, low class all the way up to the extremes of the high class uh, society within within China. And I'll admit, going in, I thought I was going to be bored out of my mind. It did not sound like the type of documentary that would pull me in. There's no interviews. There's no narration. It's just a documentary which shows you what's happening and then just kind of moves you through, through mm-hmm. the, the movie itself. Um, but it was fascinating i will also say the whole thing is only 90 minutes long um so it's also not that long either but basically you start out very at the very bottom like i said at the what is called i think the job market or um job advertising board for people to go work in factories and they're advertising it and it's like immediately it pulled me in because the way they're advertising it are oh you get to sit down at this job oh you get to you know come build the new hawaii uh huawei i don't know how to pronounce i'm sorry phone you know oh you get two dollars an hour $32 a day. Um, you can, you do not apply if you're one day over the age of 38. Um, only taking people between the ages of 18 to 38. You get to live on, you know, at a dorm, four minute walk from the factory. Um, and like the way they were advertising it as like good things, like there were other jobs where it's like, you have to stand. This is a no sitting job. You have to wear a uniform. Do not have tattoos. Do not have a criminal record. And it was so bizarre. And then you end up in the factory and there's this I'm whole screwed. section. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> so fascinating because then... As you move up, you obviously see people working in the factory, which is bizarre. Honestly, the whole time, it felt like I was watching a dystopia. That's how it was. I felt mm. watching that movie. It was like I was watching a sci-fi thing, you know? And, for example, wow. we go into the middle class where we see students that are, are about to be international students in Western countries learning how to eat with a knife and fork so that they aren't perceived as outsiders. And then hmm. that you see also people training to be like butlers, like English butlers, because international students go to Western countries, watch things like Downton Abbey and are like, I want that. 
and then come back to China. And now they've got this whole school of people learning how to be Downton Abbey level English butlers for the higher class in China. And they're literally bringing it up and like teaching them. And then you see these people actually engage in like dinner as they have their butlers serve them. And, you know, they're talking about, oh, look, this is a bell that people in, you know, England used to use to, to call their service. And it's just... Honestly, it was the most fascinating thing I'd ever seen. I, Like I said, I went in thinking I'd be bored. I was not bored. And all I wanted to do afterwards was talk about it. But no one else had seen it. <laughs> so please watch it just so I can talk to people about it. Um, I believe it's airing on Paramount Plus at the moment. Yep. Um, so you can go watch it there or, as Andrew said, find it in quotation marks. Um, <laughs> but it was honestly the most fascin- one of the most fascinating viewing experiences I have had. And I honestly – and it's just so interesting because there is no narration. It doesn't tell you what to think. It doesn't tell you what to feel. It's an observational documentary. And I mm. almost feel like that makes it more powerful. Um yeah, I really do recommend it. Please check it out and then message me because I want to talk to people about it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I do have Paramount Plus and every single time I logged in to watch 1883, this was like on the, oh, you would might like this documentary. Yeah. So now you're the first person, obviously, who I've heard say that you've seen it and that you recommend it. So I will put it on my list and I'll watch yeah. it maybe today. Yes. I put it on my list as well. Uh, so there you go. Um, that is Ascension on Paramount Plus 1883, also on Paramount Plus, or Winning Time, which is available on HBO Max. Well, there you go. We did it, guys. We managed Woo! to accomplish an early morning podcast. Uh, well done. Well done indeed. <laughs> no, you wouldn't be falling asleep. You'd just be grumpy. That's that's the thing. You know, he's... Hey, I'm tired. <laughs> okay, maybe That's you would really be falling asleep. really early morning for me. Really? It's yes. 1 a.m. That's how uh, early Alice it is. should be falling asleep. Alice needs to go to bed. So let's do this. Thing. Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Oh, thanks, buddy. Uh, big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. And thank you to Alice for coming by Woo! again today. Uh, Alice, you. what would you like? Uh, where would you like people to find you on the internet? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me, as I always say, on Letterboxd and Instagram at Ali G Mick, M-I-C-H. Uh, and then I'm also a writer for Sif Pop. So if you listen to the Sif Pop Writers Room podcast, you can hear me yell at Aaron, the editor, because of his opinions on Goblet of Fire on the recent <laughs> podcast where we talked about <laughs> Harry Potter. And if you want to read my thinking on Morbius, I just submitted my review before this podcast uh, for Morbius. So that'll be up soon. And then I'm going to have my one stop pop, my monthly column uh, coming out soon for March. What was the biggest movie of March? Hmm. Might be the Batman. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, but, um, the bubbles be up the next there. Yeah. 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 Uh, of March. Even though it came out. <laughs> well, March. I thought it came out the 31st. Maybe I'm wrong. What do I know? Oh, maybe it did, technically. Yeah, you're right. It's going to be the bubble, guys. I hope you're really looking forward yeah. to it. But um, point is, you can check me out there as well in terms of my written thoughts. Nice. Is it is it a surprise that the two movies that came out on April 1st were both a joke? Uh, is, that, is, that, <laughs> is, is that a surprise? Uh, yes, we appreciate you being here, Alice. Uh, always a good time when you show up. Uh, thanks for spending your late evening, early morning hours with us. It means yes. the world. 
Uh, so real fun. big thanks that means the world to us as well for our Sif Pop members. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Pop if you want to check that out. Starts at three bucks a month. Uh, at certain levels, you get all the bonus episodes, ad-free episodes, other fun perks uh, there to check out as well. Uh, lots of ways you can connect with us. You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you want to email us with uh, any kind of feedback, you can do that at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than running fully complete special effects in real time on every shot of your production. Uh, we will be back next week with some more fun, and we will see you then. Bye. 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 Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.